lots of us when we're parking. And when that happens, you do one of two things, don't you? You think, oh, how am I going to get out of my car? And you also do a bit of a sideways glance to have a look at the person that's driving the car because, and what sort of car they've got. Because you start thinking, if I get out of the car, what if my car door touches their car door or if their car door touches my car door? And all those feelings go through your mind. And I looked over at the person in the car next to me and it was a man dressed all in orange. He looked like he was a Buddhist monk or he'd been on a meditation or he was a, he's someone who dedicated his life to following a particular set of values and beliefs. And straight away I thought, phew, if I scratch his car, he's not going to be angry with me because of the way he was dressed. And then my mind started to wander and I started thinking, I wonder what sort of things you'll buy in the supermarket. I wonder if he's a vegetarian because of the way that he's dressed and all these thoughts were going through my mind and then I thought actually would he know what my values are based on the way that I look or the way that I behave and the answer probably was no he wouldn't know that I'm a Christian by the way that I parked my car he wouldn't know that I'm a Christian by the way that I'm doing my shopping or would he and I suppose that really is what this talk is about today what does being a follower of Jesus look like and what would other people see and how would they know that we are followers of Jesus. Now I'm going to hand over to my son Joel who's going to do our reading today and the reading today is from Mark chapter 1 verses 16 to 20. Over to Joel. Uh, yeah. So, as Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting in nets into the lake for they were fishing. Come, Follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. The son of Zebedee and his brother John in a boat, preparing their nets. Without delay, he called them and, and the hired men and followed him. Thank you, John. <laughs> Okay, thank you, Joel. Thank you so much for reading. Um, so in that passage this morning, um, basically Jesus tells some, some men to follow him and they just get up and they leave their nets and they follow him. And what we're going to be talking about this morning is, first of all, why? Why should we follow Jesus? And secondly, what does following Jesus look like every day? And those are the two questions that we're going to be looking at answering this morning. And the first one is, well, why? Why follow Jesus? What is the point of following Jesus and why do we need to follow Jesus and it's a really interesting question because if Jesus is all-powerful and if he can work miracles and raise the dead and do all these amazing things does he need followers does he need people to follow him and I started thinking about why you might why did Jesus say follow me and it's quite important if you look at the next slide there are some pictures on the next slide that hopefully explain that really really well and the first one I want you to look at is not the Instagram one, we'll come to that later, is the one on the right hand side of lots of blue people following a red person. And when I first started thinking about following Jesus and, and what that meant, I suddenly realised that we all follow, we're all following all the time, we can't help it. If you look at a baby, from when a baby is born, the way that babies learn is they copy, don't they? They copy everything. If you want, if you want a baby to clap, you just clap continually in front of a small toddler or a small baby and they will start to clap. Um, and most of the things that we've learned, how we've learned to walk, how we've learned to talk, are all learned behaviours. We copy them from other people. We, we follow. 
we can't help ourselves. At school, as a teacher, I see it all the time. You'll see a child who will come to school with a new hairstyle and it will be something a little bit different to everybody else. Obviously, they've copied it from some a celebrity. And within days, within weeks, you will see more and more children having the same hairstyle. Another example would be non-uniform day. At school, we're quite strict about uniform and we're very strict that children have to obey the rules and follow the uniform rules as, as they are. And you get children all the time that will try little things. They roll their blazer sleeves up or they will not tuck their shirt in or they will wear a jumper underneath that they're not meant to wear. And, and they do that all the time. And they think they're being really clever and unique, but so many children are doing it. And then you give them a non-uniform day. And on that day, they all come to school looking remarkably similar, even though they're in their own clothes. And the cut of the jeans will be the same for so many children and the type of T-shirt they wear will be the same. So we all follow. We can't help ourselves. It's in our nature. It's, it's part of being human to want to follow. So when Jesus said, follow me, he knew that as people, we want to follow. It's in our nature to follow. And what he was saying is, follow me, because actually following me is a little bit different to following a celebrity or a trend or, um, or anything else that might interest you. So now what I want you to do is look at the other pictures on this slide. And the first one I want you to look at is the picture of Instagram. Because when you think about being a follower, now I am not on Instagram and I have this information from young people that I know, that on Instagram, you can be a follower, you can follow somebody else. And that's what you do, isn't it? You follow other people. And sometimes you, you can follow somebody that has got literally thousands of followers. And the person that they are all following is called an influencer. And that's Instagram language. It's not my language. It's not anybody else's. It's what Instagram calls them. They call them influencers. And influencers are people who are followed. And I would, I'd like to say that actually when Jesus said, follow me, what he was really saying is, let me influence you. Let me influence you so that you can influence other people. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Let me influence you so that you can influence other people. And I think that's what Jesus was saying. He was saying, I want to be a great influencer and to be the person that can influence lots of people. I need you. I need you to be somebody who I can influence, first of all. And the disciples did. They literally left everything to say, yes, we want to be influenced by you. And the fact that we're all here this morning is because we have done the same thing. At some point in our lives, we have said, yes, I want to be influenced by Jesus. I'm here right now because I want to be influenced by Jesus. There are other reasons why Jesus also said, follow me. And there are three more pictures and I'll quickly talk them through. And the first one is a picture of a roadmap of Bristol. And I was thinking about other examples where we follow and why we follow. And the first one was when we follow instructions on a map. Nowadays, some of us might still look at maps and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but a lot of us now will type a postcode into our phone, won't we, in Google Maps or will give us directions and tell us where to go. And we follow them, we follow them blindly. We literally will literally get in the car and the instructions will say, turn left. And you just turn left. You do exactly as you're told. You follow those instructions. But you do that for a reason. You do that because you know that those instructions are, are instructions that have already got the answer at the end. Those instructions are going to lead you to a destination because there's a map. And when we follow Jesus, he has the whole map. He has the bird's eye view. He's already seen the destination. He's already seen where we're going. He's already seen the end of lockdown. He's already seen what that's going to look like and how we're going to reopen. And we have so many questions right now. But Jesus says, 
follow me because I've already seen the end of this. I already know how this is going to finish. And I'm going to be with you and give you directions throughout the next three, four, seven, 10, 12 weeks, however long this continues for. So following Jesus is about actually accepting that he has a roadmap and we can trust him in that roadmap. And he wants to keep us on that roadmap because he has the destination. He's got the bird's eye view. The next picture is a picture of lots of road signs. Something else that we do is in, in life is we follow road signs, we follow instructions. When you're driving on the road or if you're a pedestrian, you follow those instructions or a cyclist, you follow them because they're there to keep you safe. They're there to protect you. Um, that's, that I, I often say to people that road signs are there to stop you from hurting yourself and also to stop you from hurting other people. And I would say that following Jesus is very similar to that. When Jesus said, follow me, he also meant follow my instructions because if you follow my instructions, it will stop you from hurting yourself and it will stop you from hurting other people. So it's there for our safety. So following Jesus is also about keeping us safe and keeping us well. And the last picture is a picture of a marching band because I thought another example of following Jesus is actually when you just, another example of following, sorry, is when someone just follows, just does as they're told, you know, you, in a marching band, you just follow, you do as you're told in a bit of a rhythm, a bit of a routine. And I think sometimes following Jesus isn't always, I'm going to say something a bit controversial, isn't always really exciting. Sometimes life is just life, isn't it? You get up in the morning, you get your kids ready for school, you go to work, you come home, you have a busy day, and life just carries on. Life can sometimes be quite mundane, it, can't, it can be quite boring. But Jesus says, follow me, even in the mundane, even in the boring, or even when things feel a bit hard and feel a bit tough. And actually just putting one step in front of the other is all you can manage. Jesus says, follow me during that time too. And actually, maybe now is like that for so, so many of us. Maybe right now in lockdown, just getting through each day is hard enough because it's one step in front of the other. But Jesus says, follow me, follow me through each step because I have the bird's eye view and I want to keep you safe and I want to protect you. So those are the reasons why I think it's really important to follow Jesus, this all-powerful God who, did he need followers? He didn't need followers, but he wanted followers. He wanted us to be followers of Jesus. He wanted us to be people who'd be willing to step out and say, I am ready to be influenced so I can influence others. So what does following Jesus look like then? If you were to describe what following Jesus looks like, um, it can be quite an interesting thing to do. And I'm gonna try and be a bit interactive now. I'm gonna ask you a question. Um, and if the answer to this question is yes, I would like you to post it in the chat because I'm interested, just, I'm just nosy, quite frankly. Post it in the chat. And the question is this, how many of you have been doing the Joe Wicks workout every morning, or at least some mornings, for the last few weeks? 30 minutes every day. If you've done that at all, if you've done it even once, I'd like a yes in the chat if that's all right, so I can see what's going on. Oh, yes, we've got some, yeah, we've got, oh, I love it. We've got some, yes, we love Joe. Oh, Abby and John did it once, sorry. Um, okay, <laughs> we've got some, who is Joe Wicks, even better. Right, okay, so that's great. Lots of lovely things coming through in the chat. Now, I hate to disappoint you all, but you're not gonna look like Joe Wicks at the end of lockdown if you do the 30 minute chat, 30 minute um, workout every morning. That may come as a shock, I know, but you are not going to look like Joe Wicks at the end of this. 
I know, it's a surprise. I know some of you are probably reeling from that as I've said it to you, but you're not, okay? Joe Wicks has probably, is probably doing a lot more than 30 minutes every day, which we're joining in with, whether he's doing it in fancy dress or not. Joe Wicks probably has a quite as restricted diet. He probably has, looking at him, and I've put some lovely pictures on him for you to see today, um, he probably has quite a healthy beauty regime, I would say some great shampoo and conditioner. I should imagine that he spends a lot of time working on the way that he looks um, for the lifestyle that he lives. So by doing 30 minutes every day, you're not gonna be Joe Wicks. You might think you might, but you're not. And I would like to say that being like Jesus isn't like being like Joe Wicks. Please don't misunderstand what I'm about to say. But being like Joe Wicks is, being like Jesus, sorry, is, is very similar in that it's not about 30 minutes once a day. It's not about, two hours on a Sunday. It's not about half an hour in the evening. It's a lifestyle. If you think about the disciples, when Jesus said, follow me, um, he didn't say, follow me for 30 minutes this morning. He said, follow me. And what would have happened is when they left their nets, they would have followed everything that Jesus said and did. And I took some time, I was thinking about this and I thought, gosh, they would have got up at the same time, gone to bed at the same time, slept in the same room, eaten the same food, walked the same in the same dust in the same tracks they would have lived and breathed the rhythm of jesus lifestyle and that's quite exciting but also a little bit scary so when jesus says be a follower of me what he meant was actually be like me in everything don't just say you're going to do 30 minutes in the morning it's a lifestyle choice and it's a lifestyle change that jesus wants us to have so the question is really, what does that lifestyle change look like? How can we change our lives to be more like Jesus? How can we live that life? Now, many years ago, many of you will remember a book was written by a guy called Stephen Covey. And he wrote a book called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. It was very popular, very, very popular. And it was a book that kind of, you know, took over the business world and lots of people were talking about it because it was about how you married up values and how you live your life. And I was thinking about that because he gave you seven things that you had to think about. And I've reflected on that and I've thought about what that would mean if Jesus had written the seven habits of living like Jesus. And I'd like to share with you what I think the seven habits of living like Jesus would be. And they're on a beautiful slide, which kind of explain them really, really well. And here's your first bit of homework, because there are seven of them. My goal would be that after today's service, um, you could take one each day as a family on your own and think, actually, Am I living these seven habits in my life? If somebody was to look at me, would they say, yes, that person is a follower of Jesus because they do these seven things. And I'm gonna go through each one of them um, quite quickly, really, because to be honest, you could spend a whole talk um, on each of them. And I'm gonna go through each one quite quickly just to talk through what those seven habits are and, what, and how Jesus did them and actually what we could be doing. So the first one is prayer, time, rest worship and actually jesus did this a lot and it's amazing if you read the gospels how often jesus would slip away to pray he would slip away even when he was busy even when life was crowded he would slip away to pray he worshiped he rested and actually how often do we do that how often do we take the time on a daily basis to pray to rest to worship to have some quiet time with god I'm one of the people who always goes on about how busy I am. Life is busy, life is complicated, time is precious. But I read something a while ago and it said, stop saying that I don't have time and start saying it's not my priority. 
And it's really interesting because actually we prioritize what we want to make time for. And I'm the worst person for doing that. And I don't always make time to pray and to worship every day. And actually, it's something that I need to work on. I think it's one of the habits that Jesus had. And if you live in the lifestyle of Jesus, that's something that you will do. The next one is defending children, defending the outcasts, defending the vulnerables. Jesus always stuck up for the people that nobody cared about or nobody was interested in. Jesus stuck up for the people who didn't have a voice. Jesus was there for the people who, um, who everybody else hated. And I suppose the next value, the next habit that Jesus had that we perhaps need to copy is doing the same. Do we always stand up for the vulnerable? Do we stand up for the outcast? Do we stand up for the people that nobody else is listening to? And it might be something that you do physically. It might be that you actually go and work and help in that situation. Or it could be as simple as something that you post on Facebook or something that you post on social media to challenge what somebody else has said or to stick up for other people. And there are lots of ways that you can do that. I'm going to embarrass Mark Cheeseman now because he does that a lot on Facebook. He's always sticking up for people that haven't got a voice. And I think that's really powerful and really, really important. The third one is thankfulness. Jesus was always thankful. He was thankful before he ate. He was thankful to God in so many situations. There are so many verses that say that Jesus, Jesus gave thanks or Jesus was thankful. And actually, that's a really important one. Even in the current situation, how thankful are we? Are we showing that thankfulness to other people? Can people see that we are being thankful in the middle of quite a difficult time for so many people? Are we thankful? Jesus was thankful before every meal. You know, I had a conversation with somebody a while ago about saying grace before every meal. And how often do we do that publicly when we're out in a restaurant or wherever we are? Being thankful is so important and something that other people can see that shows that we're followers of Jesus. The next one is compassionate and service. And I think those two go hand in hand. Jesus was compassionate. There are, so, again, so many verses in the gospel where Jesus felt compassion and then he did something. I think it's really important for us to feel compassion. But actually, does that compassion then lead to service? What do we do about that? How do we show that to other people? And then knowing the Bible, number five. Jesus knew his Bible very well. He knew the scriptures really well. And the scripture that comes to my mind when I think of Jesus knowing the Bible is when he was tempted. Because I think that is when knowing your Bible is really, really important. When there are voices in your head that tell you to not do what you know you should do. When there are voices that knock your confidence or make you feel like you can't carry on. That's when, when knowing your Bible and knowing God's promises for you um, are really, really important. In each, each time that Jesus was tempted, he said, for it is written, for it is written. He was ready with a response to say, actually, no, I know that my faith is strong. I know that I am loved. I know that I am enough. I know that, you know, God's promises are for me and not against me. So knowing the Bible is really important and actually spending time getting to know those verses can be really key. And it's something that Jesus did and something that as followers of Jesus, we should do too. And the next one is generosity. Jesus was very generous. He was somebody who was always willing to be generous with time, generous with everything. He never said, what shall we do or what can we do? He said, what have we got? When he fed the 5,000 and the 4,000, he didn't say, oh, send them all away. He didn't say, oh, how are we going to do this? He just said, well, what do we have? And I think very often when we think of generosity, we think, oh, I don't have very much. But Jesus doesn't say you need a lot to be generous. Being generous is what have we got? And what can we do with it? And how can we make a difference in this world? And generosity isn't just about money. It's not just financial. You can be generous with time. You can be generous with love. You can be generous with 
communication. There are so many ways that you can show your generosity to other people. Um, and I think that's something that we should do more of. And people will look at that and go, gosh, that person, are they a follower of Jesus? Because they're being so generous and they're going out of their way to be generous and kind. And the last one is obedience. The last habit is obedience because Jesus was very obedient. There are so many verses where it talks about how Jesus was obedient, even to death on the cross. And he was obedient even when it was hard and even when it was difficult. And perhaps this is perhaps one of the hardest values for us to live by. Being obedient can sometimes be difficult because we're quite stubborn people, aren't we? We like to do our own thing. We like to be our own person. We like to be in charge of our lives. Actually, obedience is about saying, no, actually, I'm not in charge of my life. I'll do what God wants me to do. And Jesus obviously did that when he went to the cross. But actually being obedient is something that we need to do. As, as followers of Jesus, it's something that we need to emulate and copy. And I think by doing these seven habits every day and living this way, I think people would look at us like the guy in the Tesco car park for me and say, oh, that person is a follower of Jesus. That's somebody who is living their life in a different way. So my first bit of homework, really, for all of us this week is actually seven days in the week, seven things, seven habits. Take one each day. And as a family on your own, whoever you live with, or just even just as you're musing, as you're going for your weekly exercise, think about how can I live that habit every day? What will that look like for me? What does it look like now in lockdown? And what will it look like after lockdown? What will it look like when all of this is over and, and life goes back to whatever normal was? So that's your first bit of homework. I do have a second bit of homework because that's this is a bit of extension work for the people who think, oh, that's really easy. Give me something harder, Karuna. Well, if you want something a little bit harder, um, there is something else that you can do to be a follower of Jesus. And this is something from a story from um, John and Charles Wesley. So John and Charles Wesley were um, at Oxford University. And I'm sure you know all about them, probably know more about them than I do. And they set up the Methodist Church. And when they were at university, they started having weekly meetings because they were really disillusioned with church and with Christianity and with faith because they were going to church and they were seeing people who were not living like Jesus. They were not having the Jesus lifestyle. And they were really challenged by this, really challenged by this. And they decided to do something about it. They said to themselves, what can we do? How can we fix this? And they thought, well, we can't fix the church, but we can fix ourselves. And they started meeting weekly and they, and, they start, and they didn't call it the Holy Club. It was called the Holy Club by other people who were kind of taking the mickey at them a little bit. And they wrote 22 questions, 22 questions that were there to um, self-examine themselves. They wanted to self-examine, actually, are we living like Jesus? And there were 22 questions. Now, I'm not going to read all 22 to you now because each one of them is almost like, you have to take a moment and read it and, and think, actually, wow, this is quite powerful. But I'm very welcome. Let's be interactive again. If you'd like to put a number into the chat, I will read out that question and we'll see where it takes us. So put a number in the chat if I can make this work. Oh, number seven. You know, I knew seven would be the first one. I don't know how I knew that. And 16. OK, so number seven is this. Did the Bible live in me today? Good question. Did the Bible live in me today? Oh, 22. Let's see what 22 is. 22 is... Is Christ real to me? Is Christ real to me? 17, how do I spend my spare time? Oh, number one, am I consciously or unconsciously creating the impression that I am better than I really am? In other words, am I a hypocrite? Wow, 
That's a big one, isn't it? I'll read that one again. Am I consciously or unconsciously creating the impression that I am better than I really am? In other words, am I a hypocrite? So these are all really amazing. I will do one more, number five. There's so many numbers are coming in. Um, the Meteor girls will put in 43. There's only 22 questions, sorry. Um, number, we'll do number five, because that's a good one as well. And it's this, am I a slave to dress, friends, work or habits? So these are really profound questions, really, really profound questions. There's so many, um, and I think they're really, really good. You know, there's some amazing ones in here that are quite powerful, really. Number six, am I self-conscious, self-pitying or self-justifying? Someone showed me these questions about a year ago and I said to myself, yeah, I'm going to use those questions. I stuck them on my notice board at work thinking I would do one every day. And what I discovered was that just doing one for a week was hard enough, actually. And doing one, and in the end, it almost became doing one for two or three weeks because they're so big. Number nine, am I enjoying prayer? That's a big one, isn't it? I pray, but do I enjoy it? It's a big question, isn't it? You know? Um, number 11, do I pray about the money I spend? So these are all really, really profound questions that we could spend all day. And what I will do is I will send Jenny all of the questions so she can send that out. So that's the extension homework, but that's the hard stuff, you know? If we're happy with the seven habits and we think, yeah, we're followers of Jesus, we're doing all of those things, let's take it up a level and let's try these questions because I was really challenged by them. And I'm still, every time I read them, I'm challenged by them because I think the answer isn't always yes. Actually, sometimes I think I want to, but actually the answer isn't always yes. So to finish then really, Jesus wants us to follow him because he wants us to be influencers. He wants us to change the world. He wants to protect us. He wants to guide us. He wants to stand with us when things get tough or even when things are just boring. And really, he wants us to do all of those things so that we can be influencers, so that we can go out there and someone will look at us and say, yes, that person is a Christian and not be shocked when they find out that we are and actually say, yeah, that person is different. And I want to be like that person. Or I want to be like Jesus. That's what they're really saying. So following Jesus is not a 30 minute a day thing, is it? It's a lifestyle. It's about changing what we do. It's about thinking about things that we do and the decisions that we make and actually asking, is this the right decision to make? Is this a Jesus decision? Is this what a follower of Jesus would do? So it may not be easy. I didn't, I'm not saying it's easy. It's not easy all the time. But I think that being a follower of Jesus is the way to go because I want to be protected. I want to be following someone who's got the roadmap. I want to follow somebody who has got the answer. And I want to be an influencer and I'm sure that you do too. So as we finish today, um, we're gonna hear a song now. And this is a moment for you to reflect. And this song is just ask, is asking the question, it's Jesus talking to you, he's talking to me. And he's saying, will you come and follow me? I'd just like you to reflect on that question. Thank you.